Coming up on this episode of the HWWP. Uh, we have this thing in healthcare and medicine called the Coke postulates that someone needs to be able to take my process that I say I, I created that will make it rain and they need to be able to produce my process independent of me and get the same result. That's just one part of that approach. And but my, my point very simple is it's more than just me giving an opinion, more than just me being a nice person that you got to prove it. Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD, where the doctor helps you unlock your full potential by equipping you with tools and knowledge in the areas of health, wealth, and wisdom. Anchored in his experience as a business executive, a physician surveyor for the Joint Commission, a former mayor, and over 50 years of experience as a general surgeon. You've got questions, he's got answers. So let's get started. Here's Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD. Good morning. I'm Dr. William T. Choctaw. Welcome to our Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast. Each month, we strive to provide you, our listeners, with mental, physical, and spiritual strength by giving actionable advice, tips, guidance, and information to help you achieve your own personal, professional, and spiritual goals. We recognize the health of the mind, body, and spirit are paramount as a single and simple unit that can provide a cumulative strength greater than the individual parts to strengthen the whole person. This product is part of our Leadership Masterclass series based on my 50 years of medical experience, 50 plus years of medical experience, and 75 years of life experience. So sit back and enjoy with us. Today, we're going to talk about wellness leadership strategies, why and why we need them. That's wellness leadership strategies and why we need them. As always, I like to start off with my beliefs. I believe life is about being of service to others. I believe knowledge is power. I believe leaders can change the world. I also like to give you an outline to give you an idea about what we're going to talk about today, and also uh, specifically to give you an idea when we're just about done. I certainly recognize that you're very busy people and you have a lot on your plate, um, and we appreciate you stopping by um, to visit with us for a brief period of time. We're going to talk about the American Medical Association, which is the premier organization in this country uh, for healthcare and physician education and certification. We're gonna discuss the definition of wellness. We always like to start off with definitions. We're gonna go over the types of wellness, uh, the benefit of wellness and why wellness is finally taking its role uh, in the position of um, healthcare and health education. The American Medical Association uh, decided this year, 2023, to endorse the wellness leadership concept, to endorse the wellness leadership concept. Um, and if you're asking yourself, well, what is that different from them endorsing leadership in general? Um, I would surmise that it involves the AMA taking a more, my word, holistic view of healthcare. Now, the word holistic has been around for a long time. Um, 
but I think in essence, what it says is we don't just think about health care as the body. We don't just think about health care as care of the body. But I think as time has gone on, and this indeed is 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 representative of my growth in healthcare, uh, that I have, and I think the whole medical association have developed an appreciation for the importance and the significance of um, uh, mind and spirit, if you will, uh, as important as the body in terms of the whole being, if you will, the whole being growing and developing and becoming healthier. So, so when you hear wellness, think in terms of the totality of body, mind, and spirit. And not only are these three areas um, um, side by side, but they are integrated. So think of it as a continuous movement between these three entities uh, to create ultimately the whole you. Um, and that's really what we're, we're concerned about, what we're interested in. And we're going to talk about it from a leadership perspective. And what does that mean? That basically means that um, this is a leadership masterclass. And we leaders are basically committed to helping others. And you can do that on multiple levels, and you can do that any way you like or choose. But but our goal is the other person, not just us, but it's us so that we can then give back or give to someone else. So what is leadership? How would one define leadership? My simple definition of leadership is helping others. Now, that may sound a little strange because usually we think of leaders as the people out front and the people who are making the speeches and the this and the that. I, I look at it very, very basically. I really strongly believe that the essence of, of, of life is contributing to others. Now, you can do that in many different ways, that there is no perfect way or specific way to do it. But it should be about what you give than about what you get. And parenthetically or ironically, if you give something to others, you will automatically receive something. That's the beauty of it. So leadership is not someone who's telling people what to do. It is someone who decides that he or she is willing to help somebody else. And by helping that other person, uh, you then receive yourself. And also, parenthetically, by helping that other person, you then become a leader. Think about that. By helping someone else, you then become a leader. So leadership, another way of looking at it is the capacity to translate vision into reality. The capacity to translate vision into reality. Now, whether one is born a leader or you become a leader over time, I honestly do not know. But I do know that leadership does exist. I do know that leadership is requisite for us to go to those next levels. I do know that leadership is necessary for us to advance and grow. And I do know that should you make that decision in your life, your world will remarkably improve on multiple levels. What are some of the required skills of leaders, at least as we think of them? Uh, leaders tend to be people who empower others. And that empowerment could be what they say, it could be what they do. Or I would argue it's probably a combination of both, especially what they do. Because I honestly believe that people look at what you do uh, 
more than listen to what you say. They inspire people. Think about Martin Luther King. Think about um, uh, Gandhi. Think about Nelson Mandela. Um, they inspire people. They lead change. Um, I believe that change is always with us. The only constant in life is change. Um, and so it's important not to be depressed and not to get upset whenever something changes. It's to anticipate it, to prepare for it. Um, and the ultimate part of dealing with change is adaptability. If you determine or you figure out for you what adaptability is, then you will survive. And not only will you survive, you will thrive. So change is always with us. And leadership are, are individuals or it is a process that leads the change, that leads the change through its ability to adapt to the change. Another required skill of leadership or leaders is a shared vision. You think about what needs to be done. You think about what is best for others, including yourself. And then you set out to reach that vision or to achieve that goal or to get to the top of that mountain. Um, and the important thing about leadership is you don't wait for someone else to do it. Um, you see what needs to be done. Um, and if it meets your criteria, you move forward. I have learned many lessons over my life, um, um, over my 75 plus years, um, and over my 50 plus years as a physician. And one of the, I think, most important lessons I learned as a physician, particularly, uh, was um, what, what, what the essence of life is all about, what, what, what's most important in life. Now, I, I have, and as many, if not most individuals, always wanted to strive for the best. That was sort of ingrained in me very, very early on from my mother, um, who, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, was responsible for me being in medical school, going to medical school. Um, um, and, and when I arrived at Yale Medical School um, and finished, um, I basically felt that I was equipped to deal with anything. Um, obviously, it's an excellent school. They taught me well. Um, and I, I had that level of confidence um, that I could do anything, that there were no limits on me. Uh, but some of the things that I learned along the way, and I, I, I freely pass this on to you, you can be good by yourself, I believe. You can be good by yourself. If you work hard and, and you're well-trained or a combination of the two, uh, you, can, you can achieve certain things and, and do a good job, if you will. Uh, so you can do good by yourself. But excellence comes from a team. Let me say that again. You can be good by yourself, but excellence comes from a team. I'm a general surgeon. Um, and when I finished medical school as a general surgeon, um, I was very, very confident that I can go in and do the operation that I needed to do in my area or care for a patient in my area uh, and do a good job. But what I also learned that singularity or the individual, whoever he or she may be, has an inherent limitation. Why? Because as an individual, I am uniquely me. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I'm saying that there's a limitation with it. And we all have it. We all have it. So what's the point I'm trying to make? My point is, even though I can be good by myself, 
excellence comes from a team. Let me repeat that. Even though I can be good by myself, excellence comes from a team. I can be a good surgeon or a good physician, arguably, by myself. But if I want to be an excellent surgeon or an excellent physician, I need a team. And what I've learned then is that we were designed, I believe, as humans to work as teams. And if you can uh, accept that concept uh, and adopt and embrace and digest that concept, your life will be remarkably better because it's really not all about you. It's about the team. Think about it. Think about it. Yes, um, uh, Patrick Mahone is an excellent football player, quarterback, excellent. But he cannot win a single game without the other 10 men on his football team, right? So Michael Jordan uh, was an excellent basketball player, but he cannot win a single game without a team. So I think those examples are before us throughout life, and sometimes we chose to notice them, and sometimes we chose uh, to ignore them. But what I have learned is that if you want excellence, then you need a team. And part of your achievement, a part of your journey, if you will, getting to that level of excellence, it's understanding how you function within a team or with a team. It does not matter what position you have in that team, but you need a team. I used to say many times, I do not want a good doctor to take care of my, my wife and my kids and my family or myself. I want an excellent doctor. I do not want a good nurse. I want an excellent nurse. I do not want a good hospital. I want an excellent hospital. So my point is that if you want to get to that level of excellence, that you need, it is important to understand the value, if you will, of a team. And more importantly, it needs, it's important for you to understand how you can work with a team and how that helps you achieve your goals, whatever those are. So, so keep that in mind. Excellence comes from a team. Now, but when we look at wellness again, and we're still sort of on the defined part of wellness, we're talking about body, mind, and spirit. Body, mind, and spirit. Our bodies are obvious. We can stand in the mirror and we can look at our bodies. The mind is a little less obvious because the mind is sort of inside of the body, and we have to be able to appreciate um, the the uh, specifics of the mind and what it works and how it works rather and uh, in terms of how we think about ourselves and about our surroundings. And the spirit is even more subtle. Uh, the spirit is is that part that that we conceive in our minds and um, uh, understand how it relates uh, to us. But the point I'm very simply trying to make is that all three are a requirement for us to thrive and for us to be well. And we want to always be well. We want to be well ourselves so that we can then help others uh, to be well. So let's go a little deeper into wellness. Wellness refers to a state of being in good health, both physically and mentally. It is a holistic approach to health. And again, that word holistic, um, uh, many people used to be disturbed by that word, I am not, and I hope you are not either, but you can substitute a different word or should you choose. But basically, it means looking at the total 
the total being or the total uh, essence, the total um, entity, if you will. And that's really body, mind, and spirit, body, mind, and spirit. But it's also taken that body, mind, and spirit approach to healthcare. Uh, because if you take that approach to healthcare, then you will be more successful in achieving those levels of excellence that we've talked about before. When I was working with the Joint Commission and we would go into a hospital, do a hospital survey, I, as a physician, uh, would primarily evaluate the physician areas, particularly surgery uh, and surgery-related areas. Um, and, and the whole point is... Um, uh, we look at the body, mind, and spirit approach. Um, we may not call it that, but we look at the results, which includes that that total approach. Wellness uh, includes nutrition, exercise, stress management, and mental health. To look at it on another level, nutrition, exercise, stress management, and mental health. Wellness. So when I say wellness, I'm talking about those particular four areas, nutrition, exercise, stress management, and mental health. Wellness leadership is a concept that emphasizes the importance of promoting wellness in the workplace. Let me say that again. Wellness leadership, this this is our topic. It's a concept and that, that talks about emphasizing the importance of promoting wellness in the workplace. Now, we talked earlier about body, mind, and spirit and how that's important in terms of as we look at ourselves. We then transition to the importance of the individual working with a collective group of individuals, i.e. what I call a team. And we specifically said that if we want excellence in whatever our pursuit is, it's important that we work with that team effectively. And so now what we're saying is when we think of wellness leadership, we want you to think of it in the context of promoting wellness in the workplace and also promoting wellness at home. Wellness, 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 body, mind, and spirit. And that as you think about your body, mind, and spirit and what your needs are and, and what motivates you, or what gets you in a, in a good place, think about that in terms of your spouse. Think about that in terms of your children um, and understand that at the different ages of your children, their needs and their understandings will vary. Uh, so as you're interacting with them as a parent or as a friend or as a partner, but however you do it. Uh, whatever the circumstances are, think about it in terms of body, mind, and spirit, body, mind, and spirit. That when your son or daughter is playing soccer or basketball or whatever um, sport they're playing and you're on the sideline and you're supporting them, think about body, mind, and spirit. Uh, And then you'll be much more effective in terms of what you're doing. So let's take a look at well-being and well-being leadership and apply it to a specific area. Let's apply well-being leadership to strategies for responding to COVID. So what what would that look like? Or why would it be different? Now, clearly all of us uh, have developed strategies um, to respond to COVID because we've all had to deal with it. It's a worldwide pandemic. We live in the world. Therefore, we've had to deal with it some way. Um, Some of us have probably done this um, um, Easily, some more difficult. 
Um, some have had more challenges with it. Um, it is a serious problem. It is a problem that has not gone away um, and probably will not go away. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD. Be sure to check out other great episodes covering areas of health, wealth, and wisdom at thwwp.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the books, blogs, and other literature in your preferred format. And don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, share, and support the podcast. That's at thwwp.com. You've been listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD.